All right. <laughs> we are here once again with the bald and the beautiful. We are the bald. I am Trixie Mattel. I am also the bald. I am Katya. And we couldn't be more thrilled. We have literally, I mean, somebody who transcends natural laws with beauty. Uh, uh, age-defying, uh, species-defying, <laughs> intergalactical, Inter- yeah. planetary defying. Defi- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, um, intercontinental. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, citizen of the world, and literally someone whose literal brand identity and just soul is infused and informed by beauty. Yeah, somebody who has <laughs> suffered for their art, dedicated their lives to the simple pleasures of. Having something beautiful to look at on the planet. I'm yeah. practically Miss a frontline worker. Miss oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> we do eventually let people talk. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're fine. Actually, I prefer it this way. Uh, it's it's the nice option, other than the voices inside my head, which are still very much there. This many years later. <laughs> Um, we have to address something you said coming out of the pod a second ago. That if you thought we would let go, you you're dare. living a dream. <laughs> you said that you don't have a computer. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you got it. You got it. I don't have a computer. Perfect sense. It's yeah. It's not shocking. It is. Is it is pretty. It is. Um. It's incredible. But it's not shocking. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. No. Ask the question, and I'll answer accordingly. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a question? Okay. Have you ever felt the temptation to get a computer? Yes, but I um I grew up in a house with my grandparents, and we only had one to play solitaire. That was the only purpose for the computer that was in the house. Okay. I can relate. I relate. We're of a similar age. Are you 35? Yeah. Yeah. And you? 35. Yeah. And okay. how old are you? 38. <laughs> okay. 38. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. okay. Because I, I remember those solid. I remember those solitaire programs on the um, yeah. on the the good old DOS or whatever you called it. Yeah. We, so when you use a computer, you're on your lovely husband's computer right now. Yes. And I really you don't know really how. Are. I don't know how to use them. I really know how to use. I, I that's why I don't have TikTok. I don't have certain apps because I'm overwhelmed with the keeping up aspect of our young generation. It's too much all the time. Fame. I, I am. I am so in my soul on a soul level. I am so appreciative that you don't have a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same. You're missing nothing. <laughs> I understand I like this. It, I keep thinking it's going to pass, and it won't matter. It will not have mattered if. You had this monumentous success, except for those that are having success on TikTok are making a lot of money. So are they, though? Maybe. I, I feel like okay, oh, they, they are. OK. <laughs> Why are you that looking explains at her? The effort. <laughs> Does she have a TikTok? <laughs> I mean, look at Br- like Brittany Broski. She just hosted something for like VH1. She was in a Super Bowl commercial. Oh, wow. Should borrow All TikTok. Right. Okay. I don't okay. understand, and I still haven't been able to fully comprehend how certain aspects of social media equate to becoming famous. Like you do something here and then you're working with like Jennifer Lopez. You know what I mean? Somebody that's given 30 plus years of her life as a dedicated dancer and elevating her singing capabilities. I'm using her as an example because of her age and her dedication to (laughs) some young person that has a phone that all of a sudden did something for a 15 minute or 15 second clip that makes them so important that they get to stand and hold ground with somebody who's earned the right. I might be totally controversial on that but i that's where no, i'm no, at no. it's wild no i'm glad you brought it up i think it has to do with think about it your j-lo your diehard fans are probably mom at momish aged yeah right they grew up with you they love you yeah. so this is like probably like j-lo's team being like how do we indoctrinate the 18 to 25 year olds yeah we have right to get the- somebody who's a celebrity to them yes to stand next to jennifer lopez which whatever those type of like marketing things have given many of us those type of opportunities. Yeah. And, like we and they've existed cool. long before TikTok. Right. Yeah. 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 But, but it's, but it's strange though. It, it, I was thinking the other day about TikTok and it's like, for me, uh, it doesn't make me, it doesn't make the experience of music any better. Mm. Like for example, when my favorite artist recently released, um, a, this gorgeous song and music video. And then also the TikTok challenge to yeah. it. And I'm like, yeah. I could do without that part. I agree. You know what I mean? I know. It, it's a, it was a gorgeous, beautiful, like meaningful song. And now there's a challenge and I'm like, Bleh. I but, can't do it. You know, whatever. I'm 
old. But is maybe this it's because no, I'm. No, it's not. It's some Russian lady. I I always do this, and this happens with even recording artists. When somebody comes out and everyone hypes them, I always feel like it. Maybe this is just the way I'm wired. I resist it until I finally get it, and then when I get it, it, it makes sense because they've kind of claimed that space, and once they've claimed that space by repeating their brilliance, and you see it continue, I'm like, oh, you've totally. It makes sense why you have the success you do. I think that a lot of people now are still aspiring to become famous because of a void within themselves. They think, oh, if I make it there, it's going to equate. And a lot of these young people, let's I'm going to use another example. If you come from a famous family and then you're just ushered in in a nepotistic way into becoming famous, uh, it's there is no struggle. They didn't have to break a barrier or a boundary. It kind of was just, oh, I have a following because my mom is name that person. And then all of a sudden we're watching you as a point of reference and having to pay you with some form of respect just because you were born underneath the name of somebody. And yeah, with us coming from our backgrounds, real people, real stories, fighting to claim space, building our lives, buying homes. Because Trixie, you just bought a house, right? Back in Chicago? Several. Several. So Several. see, I mean, I'm, as I'm struggling here, don't let the gold frames fool you. This is all an illusion, darling. It's all rented. <laughs> this game's like, I don't have a computer. And how many homes do you have? <laughs> but you both had to met m- monumentous successes so when i see us having a breakthrough considering we know elements of each other's human experience not to discredit these other people but just taking this moment to say what we've done is so big and we still have to branch beyond the um the category that people place us in because we're still a certain kind of artist So yes, respect and yes, breakthroughs and yes, there's money and there's all these things that come along with that. But what if the trend and hype around us changes in the next five years? We have to work harder to keep being that bad, bad bitch on top of our game. And these other people can dip away and come back and they're like, oh, well, you know, my house in the hills that my mom paid for, you know, maybe I'm just a bitter bitch. (laughs) Yes. Because we have but to that's work why harder. I'm behind the scenes practicing my 10 second TikTok dance. Yes. Yeah. Just just in case. But you can. Yeah. And ultimately, I think the pursuit of being famous is, you know, fleeting. Noble. Speaking no. of, yeah, speaking you know of what fleet. I mean? Miss Fame. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to rebrand. Madam Fame. Right. Yeah. First I often forget that you come from humble beginnings. The humblest. Yeah. Because you, are, you have a very regal, very poised, very um, articulate and stately kind of demeanor. Yeah, for those of us who don't know, Miss Fame is uh, a very celebrated makeup artist, model, drag queen, legend. But if they don't know you from television, do you want to tell people about your modest, humble beginning. What part? <laughs> the chickens. The chickens. The meth or the chickens. Um, you know, I, I, I start with uh, some, today I was just talking to Patrick about this. I just got back from a, a booking in Berlin. I had to quarantine and COVID test and all that. And it was for television. So it was interesting to be a part of something. It's not out, but I'm, I'm going to talk in a general way. To be able to give our point of, um, elevated point of view, we find that we're getting to places where we're able to now give direction and and dictate what is happening because people are looking at us with respect. I want to keep that. And coming from where I come from, where um, I've created an idea around myself because of the way I grew up. And, you know, like anybody that grew up with a very toxic environment, I I had a a good family, but they really didn't have... um, a clue of what they were experiencing with having a person like me in their family. So I don't know if I want to give them a co-sign it and say they just didn't have enough information. I think that um, I like to pressure people. And as a kid, I pressured people to try to understand differences. And I also was very I love the idea forgiving. of you like six years old putting the pressure on your family. Yeah. I did though. You need to be more aware of differences, darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think well, Let's we, expand I'll, your worldview, huh? I'll just say this. My mother and father were severe drug addicts. My dad died super young. My mom lost the kids to the court. So I was a kid that was a part of the system. I had to go through the court system. I ended up getting adopted by my family. It was a hot mess for a really long time. And that was so persistent that when 
And I had my own issues with addiction. We've obviously had that moment on on yeah. Drag Race where we shared our our personal journey. And that, you know, getting sober and staying sober throughout the fame. You know, I was sober before Drag Race. And then being mm-hmm. so sober after Drag Race was such a challenge because it was less of a challenge about the relapse. For me, it was more the challenge of maintaining um, sanity. Because I was yeah. like, I'm fucking losing my mind. And also, I have created the idea of perfectionism on the outside. It's a, it's, it's a total protection. Because, uh, you know, I'm surrounded by these larger-than-life kind of fantastical creatures in fashion. And then knowing yeah. that they are just spiraling down themselves. They have their own layers and complexities. And I Is think, that common? Yeah, go ahead, honey. Is that common, that kind of, like, it's a cliche of the fashion world, but are people, is it, do you it's not real. just us? It's not no, just it's so real, but they have money. They have like large quantities right. of money. They're backed by fashion houses. They've got yeah. uh, billion dollar backings to do these massive inputs in fashion. They are uh, redirecting the narrative. And it's like, you have to be connected and associated to, it's just playing, playing, you know, of course I'm passionate about it, but everything's about, connection and being associated to it. For me, I'm finding less of this interesting as I'm getting older. I, I want to be able to kind of enjoy things, but with uh, a light, a, like a little bit less of an attachment to anything. Like what really matters at the end of the day is like being with people that get you and um, enjoying some of the simpler things like, you know, my dogs. I mean, we're not able to do the same things we were doing a year ago. We aren't hopping everywhere. I think and flying it's ultimately everywhere. part of what makes you so alluring is that you're obviously your dedication to beauty is so extreme and beautiful and, and inspiring, but really only on your own terms ever. Yeah, which I think is like really cool because somebody with your talent and like um, your name and your respect, you could have had a lot of opportunities to let people tell you when to show up and what to do. And who's this person? I, mean, I might need that person. You look, <laughs> you, you're famous and respected and, and so beautiful. And anybody would die to look like you do in wet hair in a trench coat. That's not a read, but <laughs> yes. you just like, are, you're so aspirational, but it, it's because it's paired with the nicest person ever underneath. Yeah. yeah. And your true desires to like go to Switzerland and hang out with your husband and your dog. Yeah is like not something that a lot of people would, let's just say have like the third eye to know to like follow that, like will follow that indulgence. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think everything we do is How based on intuition. Um, intuition. Um, I, I will say, I, I don't know if you're aware of that, but everything we've done, you know, any one of us has our moment where we've done something that is um, controversial or polarizing, or it's it causes a riff in the system where people are like, "What the fuck I are don't you know doing?" You and I'm never, I can't. Right, never it. have I ever. <laughs> but I think that you've both been able to find ways. I think in comedy and lightness, when you can shake, you can shake, um, you can spin it to where that people can comprehend it because it is funny. I mean, we're just trying to like show up and do what we got to do and keeping it lighthearted. I mean, of course, there's a lot more, you know, I'm as heady as I was at Drag Race, except I don't have the pressure of a network and uh, what's happening behind with production. So this is just my daily living. You're just happening to get me after I was on Facebook, like uh, ranting back against Trump supporters because I was so frustrated. Barry, about- why yeah. are you on yeah. Facebook? Oh, wait, wait, yeah, before we get into fame on Facebook, we're going to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings. 
but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. And we're back. Now uh, let's talk about fame book. We are? Yeah. <laughs> fame book. <laughs> the book. Um, so basically, uh, I moved here in September to Switzerland and we came out here because there was nothing happening in New York. And I've lived in New York for a, t- a decade. You know, when a lot of girls after Drag Race end up in, in L.A., it seems to be like the best place to keep working because you can stay within the projection loop. And, and maybe this is observational. I kind of felt like there was a conversation about it and I didn't take it. Is this something I know, that you I'm feel curious, is common I'm ground? I'm curious myself. What, what do you think as, as a, like a, a pretty like uh, almost lifelong New Yorker, like what, what do you credit the, the mass exodus to? Like why, do they, why does everybody move to LA? Is it space? Is it opportunity? I think because we've had so much success with uh, the show, with yeah. Drag Race, everybody wants to keep that momentum. Yeah. Like, like obviously you get drag, off yeah. the show and it's your full responsibility right. to charge and maintain your title. Like yeah. what you do needs to be in your hands, even if you have great representation or if you don't have representation, you can really direct the narrative. Uh, I, I came to Switzerland because my husband's Swiss. Um, I posted about it on Twitter and I tried to write in Twitter slang because, you know, every platform has their own term of context of how you, you talk. Got this girl. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that baby. hip and cool. I'm really not at zero. And I wrote in a way that was like trying to speak to the kids on Twitter. And I totally got like devoured. And I said, listen, bitch, like this is not I wasn't coming to attack you when I posted a picture holding my dogs at a lake isolated. Oh, from I remember the world. this. Mary, that is yeah. legendary to me. I per- love it. When <sighs> I think of the worst time of my life, I think of you naked, glistening next to yeah. a lake with your dogs, and even I'm calmed by it. Instant serotonin like, boost. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fierce. But it is isolating. You know, you could be in the most beautiful place in the world and feel like, holy fuck, I have nobody around. Sure. Both good and bad. You sure. need that. And it was like uh, restorative. And a lot of people talked about the privilege perspective. And I thought it's my husband is European. It wasn't like I would never have been able to come to Europe during this pandemic just because I was able to do it because I have I'm married to him. And uh, when I did it, I realized so many people were upset. A lot of people talked about um, how I left my family, a.k.a. the the rest of the U.S. burning. And I thought I'm not a frontline worker. You're not a politician. You're not a yeah. uh, you're not a member of Congress or like a, a senator. No, yeah, for like, people in wigs but, are definition non-essential workers. Oh, Mary, and it's <laughs> yeah. like I'm. I think actually, finally, the the convert this like bizarre like haphazard conversation about um, drag queens being like automatic ambassadors and activists of their community is kind of getting like lessened because I, you know, that's something I've never really like you know. Uh, understood and the responsibility of drag entertainers is um as like the the standard that we're kept to is like more stringent than politicians you know what i mean so yeah, it's that those kind of comments totally are crazy up and, but do you like um, switzerland you know i've i don't it's not my city it's not my country zurich. i'm in zurich and i've realized it's it's a very the swiss are very internal people they're conservative and they are observational they'll see you but they won't really acknowledge you 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 will be seen in a way but with a veil there was no There's parade always this this when barrier arrived, there was no parade <laughs> i was waiting because i guess this is a, like i'm gonna follow up on that yes because in certain cities in europe i feel like i make sense there in paris it works and i feel uh, stimulated the beauty of being in switzerland is that i didn't come here to um, well, I came here because we needed to change our scenario. My husband's going to be working here. And as a result, I'm surrounded by nature. This is good for oh, my mind. Yeah. Uh, you, are the, leaving, you, are, you, are, you are on a parallel path to Pearl. Oh, yes. Pearls ah, and wigs in the woods. Yeah. Wigs in the woods. And you're yeah. in this like the, the crisp alpine like lake. And the, yeah, that's so funny. Your guys yeah. are in a, like Back a parallel journey. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's to the true. source. Nature is healing. Yes. <laughs> Nature is healing. And I, yeah, that's just true. I, I definitely think that this is a good um, next step, but I don't think it's my long-term step. I okay. think that I'll, uh, you know, I want to live uh, close to New York or maybe in California. I'm from California. So right. I do feel kind of that pull to return at one point. But um, yeah. If you had, if money go was ahead. no object and Patrick had any um, work opportunity that he wanted, where would you go to live if you had to choose one city for the rest of your life? Mm, I would probably get back to being close to New York. New York, yeah. I still, although I hate the weather, I hate it so much. I still have so much admiration for the idea of what New York is. It's one of the most intuitive places. It felt right when I went there and when I've like looked at being in Paris, Paris is good for one major element. It's strictly for my fashion identity, but it means I have a lot of pressure. When I walk outside, I have to care about how I look because people will see me and I feel like I've built a somewhat respectful relationship with the Parisian fashionista kind of energy and those people that are within fashion. Um, but like here I can, I'm anonymous and I like that. People, it's, I don't need the parade, but I also, I'm not able to build friendships the same way here. In, in New York or Especially even in California, you make friends like effortlessly. There's like, no queen here I could just go and grab a coffee with, but it's also different times. Like it's during a pandemic where you can't just go and hang out with newbies. You kind of have your friends that you know you're safe with. Yeah, there's in been New a York, lot of people who moved to Los Angeles during this time. And I'm like, how do you love it? They're like, who knows? Right. I have no yeah. job and no friends and no restaurants and no bars. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. jobs are different now. You know, a lot of it's like, uh, I haven't done fashion weeks in February of 2020. I've put everything off. I declined attending anything because I thought it was in poor taste. I thought it's not the right moment to show up and be around a bunch of people right. because we don't have it all figured out yet. But at the same time, I feel like I am only human and I'm going to contradict that statement at one point in time because opportunities and work have to happen. So I, we have to survive. Right. So when we inevitably take a job during this time, during a pandemic, how do we protect others and ourselves? That's why I think it's really important we talk about, uh, or acknowledge, I'll just say this one part, because it is a form of protection. When people come for you, you're like, I literally quarantined just to enter that next country that's like an hour right. flight away, and I, which means isolating in a hotel and testing, repeatedly getting tested. Yeah just to be on set. I was supposed to um, film something last month in Berlin. It got canceled because some of the people on set had COVID the day of, uh, after quarantining for weeks, having to come back and do it. And I just got back. So it's, it's very exhausting just to film one day's work. It was, it's like multiple weeks of quarantining alone in a hotel room. This is what's happening just to enter Berlin. Yeah, so from, from Zurich. So I have to get like, double tested for pit stop and I sit there alone and talk to the TV. Yeah. Not even a real person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I worked and on then a television. You have to act like yeah. all good. I worked on a television, like a scripted television show, and it was like the movie Outbreak. I mean, it was wild. Yeah. 12 like, monkeys. Yeah. Did you have tents <laughs> on set? Crazy. You know, testing there, testing in the morning. I mean, um, the most out. Temp, temp checks too, like multiple times a day. Multiple. Um, mm. With a full Rectal. face of makeup on, mask, <laughs> shield. It's like, you yeah. know, a lot. It's just very, very crazy. You know, it's a very different reality. Oh, how did you protect, protect your face from a mask? I was holding it upon, like, walking Don't in the building. Don't even get me started. White skin, red lipstick. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, mama, mama. <laughs> but I, let's talk about the tip of the nose contour, because that's the first thing to go. Oh, oh yeah. So yep. unless you've, I mean, I know this is more of a tricksy thing, and maybe me, me too, because this is where a lot of my little detail work goes yeah, as yeah, a the makeup little, artist. The little shimmer. Yeah. I would say what you yeah. do is detail. I would say I'm doing hieroglyphics over here. <laughs> and You're doing hieroglyphics. You are. With the mask on, yeah. I have to like kind of not breathe. And like I was just at the Viacom building, and I had to stand outside the door, go like, put it on, and put it on in a way where I'm trying to like, press it up to the nose and not pull on the nose mm -hmm. and then get up there, get in my dressing room and really immediately snatch it off. Yeah. One thing I did too was liberally set that part of my face with powder. Oh yeah. Oh, and that's then do the mask. really good yeah. tip. Honestly, if, I, if you really had to, you really could just do like eyes and then get there into the bottom. That's what I, that's what I have to do now. If I have to enter a building and drag with a mask, I just wait to do my lips there. Yeah. Um, but now yeah. while we have, okay. On the subject <laughs> of beauty, I just yes. got your, thank you by the way for sending me, um, Oops. The lip kit. Oh, let's take a break. Oh, yeah, okay, little, break. Uh, let's take a, let's a quick, uh, quick break. Bye, guys. <laughs>
can you quickly go down the list? Because I, I know that um, what what products have you um, what products have you made that are your favorite? And which ones um, mm. have, uh, if you don't mind, like which ones sell the yeah. best, sell the best? We want exact yeah, figures here. Yeah, and, and um, down to I know, the right? dollar. Patrick, would be great. my financing. Do you want the? <laughs> yeah, send your W twos. We're just gonna scrub through them quick on the call. Uh, that other woman lipstick. Yes. Let me just tell you really quick. So sorry. I I used it. I put it on, and then I pressed the glitter into the lipstick, and it stayed. I it stayed for hours. Through yeah, I did glue three too, which is lip nice. sync performances on on my little just for myself. <laughs> and, yes, and and it stayed and and I I'm very aware of glitter lips looking hokey pokey sometimes, you know. Totally. And I I really gotta like I'm very impressed. It's very it's it's really great product and it looked fantastic. Thank didn't you. Look, didn't look crafty or like you know. Bleh. Your it, glitters are fab. They're so fine and yeah, so comfortable. Beautiful. Beautiful. You know how it goes. And and I think that takes a bit of, of knowing where your brand direction is, like talk from a brand to a brand, uh, from the brand to the <laughs> other brand. From the brand <laughs> to <laughs> a brand. No, but your, your brand is doing quite well. And you have so many amazing products and you, your marketing is extraordinary. You really have it. Like we Thank could you. obviously compliment yes, each other. We we've, We've seen each other come from walking into a workroom and then to going out into the world and, and, and presenting our own experience. Like what, a, what an amazing success. And uh, with, with regards to what is my favorite, I, I really love the lipsticks. They're like my, my top uh, favorite thing, like Flash of Flesh. Flash uh, of I wear Flash that the most so for Fashion beautiful. Week. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's a nude. It's really good for Fashion Week. Yeah. It's that a nude, nude with really kind of not too much eye. like rosiness. It's truly like a flesh yeah. color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how's your head is the best seller, but that's obviously because of our origin story. Right. And so, so that's why we introduced that specific lipstick. And it's the most uh, user friendly. I was going to say, this really looks like almost liner optional color, like really throw yeah. it on. Mm -hmm. It's like the color of my natural lips. So I based that one more so off of somebody that that's af afraid of makeup, but it's a full coverage. So depending on your skin tone, you're going to get a payoff. Uh, I, I wanted to do something conditioning and uh, I wanted the formula to be really, really perfect. So I spent a lot of time in the lab learning about how to create a product. And that is so intense when you're in there because your your whole future's on the line based off of what you're producing. You're like, this needs to work because people yeah. know me for this, yeah. ex exactly what I'm doing now. I know how So I'm very horrible. proud about what I've created, but it is a <laughs> lot of work. And um, sometimes I think, what else would I do if I wasn't doing this now, you know? And I think that's a question we've maybe all considered at times, but it's it's like a fine balance. I think how I keep my, my drag, um, interesting to me is by changing it up kind of within subtle adjustments. So after doing uh, an album and going touring on, on, on the bus with the girls for somewhat of a brief moment of my life, I stopped performing altogether because I just felt like I'm not going to be able to manage my image if I'm working all these hours late at night no shit. and then going to another city, my skin's being compromised. And I was so concerned about how I was being physically affected by being on a tour bus like this is so exhausting and caring about then showing up to an editorial because I was between two worlds and fashion was my deepest passion. Protecting yourself is a totally valid thing. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? Like, which the, your, I mean, just like the day to day, the the Miss Fame like beauty regimen. Yeah, I'm, I can't imagine. Oh, it's obsession. You look fantastic, by it, the way. What's the six you. hour? What's I the process people, of preparing the body? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't work out. I eat light and uh, yeah, water. <laughs> I but sit. You guys I, saw me. I sit by the water with my dogs. That's it. <laughs> Fresh I, but infusions I don't have a perfect lifestyle. Air. I eat a lot of chocolate. Sometimes I smoke cigarettes. I definitely, I think sleep is a huge factor. As we get older, we have to take like, we rest is so essential or else you see it. Like it's on the face. Everything oh, that Mary, whatever yeah. you in, do, it shows up here. Large print, honey. In yes, large, large print. pores, honey. Large print <laughs> in translated into multiple languages. <laughs> um, Botox fillers, lasers, facials, uh, laser hair removal, blockers. Yeah. I've done it. You name it. Have you After done Drag Race, I have done it. Fibroblasting? 
Fiber, bla- yeah, resurfacing, <laughs> retexturing, remolding, crown molding. <laughs> Vinyl siding. Dave's got crime props. Vinyl <laughs> siding, yeah. <laughs> She's got aluminum ceilings, folks. I mean, oh God. But your skin, I mean, okay, so you're, it's it's the 7.30 p.m. Can you get close to the camera? Yeah, 7.40 p.m. in Zurich right now. Wow. I don't know that you have makeup on route. Your, your brows are perfectly manicured. Oh, I do. I have a little YSL have a little highlighter under the eyes okay. because I did just travel back from one day of work and I was exhausted. <laughs> are, you, are you microbladed? <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I just tweezed my eyebrows so thin for that one day of work. And then when I, because the work is so, it's different. When we do drag race after drag race, you have this window where you're literally every single day day. is like heavy hit and you're out there in the, out there in the world in a different city, in a different, not now, but before. And then when you have a bit more, well, you guys have been completely consumed with being busy since kind of forever. (laughs) Whores. Yeah, whores. you're in it. Grizzled whores. But I've taken a lot of space because I thought, how can I sustain longevity for me? Um, for me, what that looked like was uh, only showing up to specific things. So I do couture and I do fair, uh, Fashion Week in Paris. I haven't really done New York in a while, a couple years. Um, and I've started realizing that my presence at front rows and building this um, expert viewpoint, because there's only a few of us girls that are attending uh, these shows. It's me, sure. it's Violet, and it's Aquaria. Um, I'm sure at some point in time when we get back to shows, I know Nikki Dahl's been to going to a few, and at some point Gigi Good will probably be at a few. But this is, it's kind of like where fashion pulls in a few girls that are like the it girl of mm-hmm. of that season, and also wanting to maintain that because what that looks like for somebody like myself is it can turn into a cosmetic contract, a fragrance contract, or uh, walking in a show, or being photographed for Vogue or, you know, and so these things that have happened in my career, when they started happening, they felt like and were career breakthroughs for drag or gender nonconforming people. Because in 2015, when I went to Cannes, they ha- I don't recall ever seeing a drag queen walk the red carpet for a cosmetic brand. I was there right. as a spokesmodel for L'Oreal. And since then, I was so hard set on keeping that and not losing those type of opportunities. And they're hard enough for girls like Carly Kloss to maintain. Right. So right. I was like, yeah, I, absolutely. it could be lost. We haven't yeah. found it too difficult. Yeah. I mean, we personally, really just show right? up. Oh, I know. Personally, oh, I know. I've been approached. And if I refuse to go, they just bring the runway to my living room. <laughs> I can't escape yeah. them. I got to ask you, Fame, about this, about Fashion Week and about attending fashion shows, because I see the, you know, I see the photos on the, on my phone. And what I see is, uh, you know, this stunning, impossible, incredible glamour, effortless. But what I think about is horror, pain, (laughs) humiliation. Personally, I'm like, what would it take for me to to do that? To I mean, it just seems like a a nightmare. The actual live reality of it. What, What is it actually like to attend a fashion show in full flawless drag? There's a few factors. Um, There's a lot of fittings that happen in advance. And uh, I built relationships with stylists that are connected to fashion houses that have decades of experience with with all of the most major fashion houses. Meanwhile, certain designers are partial to certain queens. So somebody might like Violet more than they like me or they like Aquaria more than they like me. This is just this is across the board. Somebody always has a favorite. And um, I I didn't win Drag Race. So I, I and I'd only done done it the one time so keeping myself relevant without constantly being on a network or a series means that i have to stay visible specifically through instagram and specifically also i stopped doing youtube like years ago that's right I kind of got you burnt kind out. Of the og youtube like makeup drag makeup yeah. you're I the first person to yeah. lift the veil in any way yeah and put that information out there not to mention thank you i was gonna say what no one says you did drag in a way that you did not pick up from drag queens and clubs. So you could, you did drag makeup different than anyone had done it really. I loved getting painted by you for your YouTube channel. We just had a good time. It was a really, and thank you. It was, it was really funny. And we, we, we laughed a lot and we were, you looked able great. to keep the Thank engagement. Mama, did you laugh? Yeah. I, felt, I felt the fan. I went and performed that night and did you felt feel like yes. the only person who ever had breasts, <laughs> pussy, 
and like real hair grown out of my head. <laughs> I felt like the only and woman. I, you were kind of, I know you wanted to buy that synthetic wig. I was, I, I surely did. to your head that day. <laughs> well, I'm willing to sell it now. <laughs> yeah, Fashion right. is not what I thought it was. But let me ask you though, like, this she's a refugee. Yeah. <laughs> yes, an expat, an expat in need. Like when th- these fashion shows, do you get, I mean, I don't know. I just think about the cliches of like, um, sweet fashion people. Do you get like, do people quote unquote take you seriously? Are they nice? Or are, do you ever like, um, is, is there a lot of pressure to maintain that like a perfect look all day? In the daylight? Yes, because yeah. sometimes you have several shows in a day and they're very important that you make them because it's it's a very political industry and you need to be aware that when you're invited, you're being invited by the house, whoever's in control of the house or the designer themselves. So for me with like Kim Jones and Dior, that was a connection because Marc Jacobs, I painted Marc Jacobs for fun, for YouTube, Marc Jacobs paid to place that image in um, an anniversary issue of Vogue where they ran a full page and he's like, do you know how expensive it is to run a page in Vogue? And it was just Mark Jacobs and drag from a selfie from Snap, uh, Snapchat that I wow. took. And it was like was that it. moment to then saying Kim Jones is being introduced and he's the, um, the creative director of Dior and it's at DragCon and then we're taking this photo and then I'm having lunch with Kim Jones and then Kim, it's me, Kim Jones and Naomi Campbell in Soho talking, getting so much personal information. Like I should have written on an NDA because you cannot reshare what the fuck goes on there. Shopping at Supreme and knowing like there's no money on my card. I can go shopping with these people. They're so like Naomi Campbell's like everything in here. They've already sent it to me, but that shirt would look good on you. And she's so intimidating. And I'm like, how do I bridge the gap to this woman? I've met her in fashion multiple times because of Kim Jones and Marc Jacobs. Sometimes she remembers me. Sometimes she doesn't. Mm. And in different cities like Paris, New York and London, all very luxury. This is a very luxury conversation. But I was like at the bottom of the totem pole. But opportunities were opening a dialogue. And I thought these experiences are things that I would. Yeah, I'm just like, keep it cool. Um, But I was worried about how I was going to look showing up as Curtis versus as Miss Fame because they were meeting me as this ethereal creature in my real life. I don't, that's not my real life. I mean, yes, I You're still pretty ethereal. You're not very beautiful. But I put in the work because I'm dragging. Let's say that. You're not. The teeth are paid (laughs) for. Yeah, the teeth, (laughs) this is all paid for now. Everything from the neck up that's been invested has brought me to a place of level (laughs) energy. Because this was something that when you get into the show, you know, they, they joke in those memes. It says when you're on Drag Race, you're the season you're on and then all stars and yep. we all look like jacked up, pumped, filled and yep. all the. It's like, yeah, we start investing in ourselves and we have to maintain ourselves. And maybe that's Botox and maybe yep. that's new teeth and maybe that's yep. new hair and maybe that's new skin and maybe that's new clothing. And all of these things come together because we, for the first time, got a taste of what success is like when you start getting paid for your talent. Yeah. So I mean, for the first time you get yeah. some money I left for a lot of time you know I, but was I would say poor. the politics of fashion are very very um, intense uh, you are around these people and you watch opportunities kind of happen and you you find that a certain designer may favor you uh, but it's it's where you're sitting when that show happens who are you sitting with are you in that shot is Anna Wintour three people away from you it's so so heady because it's not um, organic it's super constructed mm. and um, it's cur- yeah, it's cur- curated, and then as a result, you are you have to reflect on all your wins that that week and use it as collateral to get you into the right editorial placement to wear the current collection of so and so, so that you're positioned to potentially get a campaign. This is exa- I'm exhausted just, just listening to you about. It. I mean, this is like I'm sure there's a lot easy of accidental doing- rudeness too. Like Naomi Campbell accidentally forgetting your name. Like Orville Peck was telling me he went to a Dior show and he was seated next to. A certain Kim Kardashian West, and um, maybe you can bleep that name out, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're in the front yeah. row. Orville was invited. Of course, the Kardashians were invited, and they turned to him. He, Orville was in head-to-toe Dior cowboy outfit, right? And they go, this is yeah. amazing. Is it real? And Orville's like, how would I be sitting in the front row of this show in a fake Dior outfit? Like, yeah. of course it's real. How would I have this seat? From they, knocking off these outfits. They asked her if it was a knockoff? Yes. Is that a Santee Alley knockoff? Yes. And I just remember, the like, they earnestly thought, like, the irony of, of a Kardashian asking if something is real. I guess, I guess because I it was one of a kind. Seriously. Yeah, sure, but, sure. You know. 
That's so funny. But I'm sure but in this game, say, there's a lot of accidental sort of. It's heady, but you probably uh, are so you're I, in drag. I don't you know can't take anything too seriously. Yeah. But the other thing is trying to redirect these people to saying, "Oh, I'm not just I'm not just entertainment. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm invited as a guest, just like you." The thing is, these people. This, these other people, let's say Kim, Kim Kardashian's getting paid a lot of money to attend anything. She's not just showing up. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but oh, I'm okay. assuming. Well, okay. no, I'm you assuming. do work in accounting. She doesn't show up. Yeah, I work in accounting. My lipstick told me that. Um, it's a tough road out there. And I, uh, yeah, I think that certain people get paid from what I understand and what people tell me that there is a lot of money being directed around. So trying to gain respect in this industry, not only just to sit there and maybe sometimes receive a coat or receive a bag because the bag won't pay the rent, but it's a nice gesture. So having to stay around long enough that these designers inevitably will invest in you and say, hey, we're going to throw you a contract, a multi-year contract that will keep you paid so that one day you can build your life because we wanna keep you in fashion versus, oh, how many times can you uh, jump through hoops for us? Right. So these are the things, I, if I, and I've talked about this, I fired my agent at um, IMG. I was represented in Paris for five years and I just had melt, a meltdown during February of 2020 where I said, I'm no longer gonna keep accepting bullshit because I'm literally out here knocking down doors and getting in and claiming opportunities but you're sitting back here and wasting my time. And mm. I went public with it. And I thought maybe it's gonna be um, my house is on fire kind of situation. But at this point, I'm getting older and I'm my life is, this is a, like a comfortable experience where I'm at right now, I'm not, well, not fully comfortable, but I'm living in, I have an apartment here in Zurich. It's not my forever place. It's not the most ideal situation. I'm still not a homeowner. There's things I want to experience in my life, but I've taken decisions that were really geared towards me satisfying my passion projects. Mm -hmm. I chose my passion projects over everything. And sometimes when you do that, you need to keep kind of one hand in this basket and one hand in this other basket so that you don't lose maybe your stability. And what I'm realizing now is I've put so much stock in passion projects that I'm trying to circle back to what really matters And also looking back at where we all started, that when I moved to New York, I was hopping on couches and I was practicing. Well, I was homeless at times in New York. So this is actually a a step in the right direction. It's not been an immediate win. I've never had an immediate That's the name of your autobiography, Fame. No longer homeless. (laughs) (laughs) Starving. No longer homeless and loving it. Yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I'm in here, I'm giving you like this deep dive, but this is no, kind of what I've this been thinking good. about. Honestly, on this podcast, we try to, you know, by sometimes <laughs> accidentally touch on it, but people's relationships with beauty and somebody like you who, I mean, I hope you give yourself credit. You've only become more beautiful and iconic and somehow even more kind as the years have gone by. And you should be extremely proud of everything you've done with yourself. Yeah, that and is so kind and, of you. And it's a refined, the image has become so refined. And um, we talk about you like this untouchable, like, wouldn't it be crazy if some, if, if you, any of us even for a second looked like that person? It's the, you know, <laughs> like, and it, for me, I focus on the hair sometimes. It's like the yeah. hair in this, uh, it's this area. This, the the temples, yeah. the eye, the hair, the hairline, and I'm like, not in one million motherfucking years <laughs> could I ever like get to that point where it's so well done. It's it's it is actually flawless, not as a hi- not using hyperbole, and then and it just everything is so in place and it stays that way throughout uh, during the day at fucking fashion week. It's like truly a marvel. Oh, that's the hardest thing. Daytime. Daytime, Mary. Realness. Without a veil. You cannot yeah. have bumpy skin, and no. I'm a person. I have acne prone skin. You have to have the perfect moment. It always has to be, you can't have like a shit show. So that means literally going like raw vegan for weeks before fashion week, getting that body lined down, taking like tons of supplements, not smoking, not eating sugar, eating only living food. And then getting to Paris and being like, okay, You lost me at the second word that you said. You just (laughs) lost You know what, though, right. fame, to be I, honest. I, you know what? People are going to listen and think I sound like the most, like, 
upper crust, no. unobtainable. The reality is I've carved out an, an experience in this lifetime for moments. That that Fashion Week storyline is only for a fragment of sure. my month, of my week, my year. And then I go back to real life yeah. where, you know, Smoking like shit gets real and sandwiches. I'm at home and I'm like trying to figure out <laughs> yeah. like the You're other shit going down in life. You're back to roast beef and cheddar at Arby's. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I will say your beauty is so inspiring because it's so peak and so perfect but having people like you in the world is great because on one hand of course it's aspirational on the other hand it kind of takes the pressure off some of us (laughs) that like you're there Mm. and like thank god she did that because the rest of us are like who could fault us yeah 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 we're not her and no one expects us to be her but you know what i mean exactly (laughs) thank you i will say in in response to that you can't when you set and it, when image is the only form of like how you're managing uh, your monetary goal, yes, like I'm, oh, beauty is what I'm using as collateral here. It's a very dangerous road because you will have a your shelf life this for me. will <laughs> catch you and you'll literally be left. So thankfully, you know, using humor and using your uh, your, your intellect and finding other ways, My like breath. become an expert. Like yeah. literally, for me, here's where I'm going to sound and I'm going to use big smart words. Be the expert of whatever field you choose to be in, so that when you age out and you're no longer the it factor, that your brain is so good at what you do that people will pay for your thought process around it. That you can literally step out not be seen and then you can throw information Cha-ching. and advice and i'm hoping that this works out for me in the end i oh, could just girl, be fucking digging myself in a big Iris golden Apple. hole yeah 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 but i do because my daily living isn't glamorous it really isn't i i took a shower and i, I put on a fucking light for you guys i put a light i sat in my only room that's done this in this is one fucking of those apartment everything else is boxes <laughs> which one can i ask a question i have to ask um yes we're gonna take another break just in case And I have to ask, because I know that there's going to be some Drag Race fans who just would love to hear, would you ever do, um, I don't want to say all-stars, but would you ever do like a network TV show, let's say a competition-style show, judging? Glow up or something? Yeah, like a makeup judging or something. Yeah. Yes. um, I, I, I think I'm at a point where I find, as we just talked about, giving away that knowledge, that point of perspective... Um, I, I, I know what I'm good at and I know that it's based around image and directing image and, and, and giving guidance to people that are equally as, as, uh, aspirational to make it in that field. Uh, but it's not just specific to fashion, you know, these kind of tips and advices could be given to anybody that does any form of drag that does any form of anything that has a camera involved, you know, knowing kind of body language, where your lighting is supposed to be, what's going to flatter you the most. We all pick up on this stuff. Our job puts us in a position where we start to accumulate. I need this kind of light in order for my makeup to read, Trixie. Yeah. Oh, I I mean, it's taken me a long time of confidence in front of the camera to be able to walk into a set and not feel like I'm overstepping my boundaries by telling people what the lights have to do for my style of makeup. Yeah. Like, and I don't want to insult filling, anybody here, you know, some... but I need you to blast me with a barn light. Yeah. I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want an overhead. I don't want side fills. I need you to shoot me. Shoot me like Oprah from the front. in her late 80s. Yeah. And from the heart. <laughs> it's not even hard, but it's, it Hit is interesting. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what would be. But your... Yeah, I, I would love to be involved in that kind of um, experience. I think, uh, you know. I'm starting to realize that having this dialogue is starting to come up more. I, I enjoy, I like real human exchanges. Right before Fashion Week and before COVID, the last show I was doing, I did this big interview for Mugler and um, uh, with Loïc Prigent, who is like this fashion interviewer that's working with every influential and important fixture in fashion. He's got a very respectful and a reputable uh, career in fashion. And when I watched back the footage, because we always check how we've we've done and how it looks, um, I thought I had fun. I looked good. Those things matter. Mm. And my kind of introspective conversation around fashion is like, it's like this whimsical, lighthearted approach, but there's like a, there's a form of knowledge that has come in through kind of being obsessed with beauty and women since the nineties, because I was a child of the eighties and the nineties were my comprehensive years. So I really got yeah, totally. like what was happening when it was happening. Yeah. So I think seeing it all come together, you get to a point where you start to have a confidence around what you do. You just know what, what works for you. Yeah. Like, this I mean, is my you're an expert. Realm. You're an expert. You're I'm an expert. Here. It's the truth. And, truth and I'm ready for drag. 
I don't think anything really prepares you to shoot a drag queen like shooting drag queens. So, yeah, yeah, you become an expert. At, you get used to like, oh, I remember what good light feels like in my eyes. Yeah, and like, yeah, right. When right. You look at the camera. And Something you feel, can feel wrong. You're like, yeah. mm, this lighting feels like it's really not what it needs to be. Yeah. When it's good, it's reassuring. You feel much better about everything that's going on that day. It takes one piece of the pressure off. And like with drag, I'm sorry, like, I know a lot of people think I'm Cindy Crawford, but I'm actually not. I know. And Cindy Crawfish. C- Cindy Crawford. But like one, <laughs> you know, five degrees of an angle of the chin and, you know, in five little clicks of a light, it is like boot nasty toe up boot nasty like you know and then doc brown yeah (laughs) yeah. doc brown so yeah i mean it's 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 a tricky thing um i think we probably should have to wrap it up to wrap it let me ask you some i want to ask you a really quick question though yes so speaking of 90s um 90s inspiration um linda who would be linda it would be linda your your ultimate icon well i don't know maybe yeah but go ahead ask the question (laughs) who who is your like give me three um like three absolute beauty icons fashion beauty whatever um mm. oh, we're looking at this nude picture of you sorry oh Just, yeah that was during the summer see i'm gonna bring That's this to a photo shoot i'm gonna like the light doesn't feel right can you do more like this <laughs> and i'll hold up this yeah, nude right? of you. <laughs> yeah, give me your that, top no, was, three um, um uh beauty icons goddesses whatever you want to call them yeah linda evangelista always yeah. and She's always been it because she's really a master and she knows, um, and she's, it's controlled, but then you, it's a very well studied art form. So she's up there, uh, Kristen McMenemy, because she's, um, this really odd character in fashion. It wasn't about, about conventional beauty. And she was able to, uh, kind of carve out her own identity being the dirty couture, you know, kind of aspect of fashion. It was this un refined identity but then she could be expensive which i like this about her um naomi is still untouchable and yeah. i'm using like the top girls like yeah. not these secret yeah. sideline girls that were just but um and erin o'connor this is somebody that i've met yeah, in um, london she's just she was a dancer and i think she identifies more as a dancer than a model but she's truly a model that has a dance background and her positioning and body language it's a form of control that i do not have to the degree that a dancer does have. Let's so get you in the studio. Yeah, come out. on. Let's, let's practice yeah. those steps, honey. <laughs> I know, right? I still don't. I, I can't move my legs in that way. I can stand, sit, and perch, but there's certain <laughs> things like, you know, heels are uncomfortable. But I know we've just um, maxed out, and I don't want to I don't want to keep you. <laughs> and did oh, we max yeah. out on well, time? <laughs> listen, I'm so happy. This was so overdue. We couldn't have a pod about beauty without having somebody like you. You're such a legend. We just love you. Thank you so much. And thank you for thank sending you. me your makeup, because, bitch, I, I really love yeah. it. Yeah. I really yeah, no, we I, talk I, about you all the time. I yeah, hope that's do. not weird. We yeah. talk about you all no. the time. Yeah. I love you guys. You're and I'm Naomi. so proud Naomi. of what you've been able to achieve. And like you, you've set the bar and you've continually shown up for all the work and the dedication. And I, it's like, it's paying off every, I mean, it's fully paid off. Um, you give me hope because it's truly a, a, a miracle that we were able <laughs> to break through this hard. <laughs> Violet told me yesterday, it is. It's she's amazing. like, I'm so amazed with everything you've done because honestly, I didn't see it for you. <laughs> no, it's hard. I can't believe how hard it is to keep managing it. And you know how many people tell us from our series, they're like, your season has had so many incredible stars. Yes, like yes. your season still has some of the most influential people that have left Drag Race and gone on to change a narrative out there. I keep saying change a narrative, but we, we have. Yeah. And you know what? I You're mean, naming at the top of that credit. list when people start listing those people. So yep. congratulations. Yeah. I can't Thank wait you. to, um, everything ends and you can come visit us in Los Angeles again. We miss you. Yes, please. Yes. Do. And good luck. Maybe in I'll start Zurich. painting faces again. Thank you, my love. I, I appreciate love that. I love you, fame. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.